0: Hello and welcome to Meet Our Makers, an artist interview podcast produced in association with Beats Per Minute. I'm your host, Jeremy J. Fassett. On this episode, we get to meet A.V. Tear. A.V. Tear is the pseudonym of Dave Portner, who is a member of the experimental indie rock group Animal Collective, who have been around for over 20 years now but Dave just put out his latest solo record, Sevens, under the AV tear moniker. And in this chat, he and I talk quite a bit about this new record, the inspirations behind it, what it was like to create it in the studio, and how this album is maybe a little different for him than some of his other work. We do get into Animal Collective stuff, especially about the Meriwether days where the band sort of saw this meteoric rise. And we talk about older projects, the concept of pop and singles, the infamous Pole Hair Rabbi album, and more. I do want to say this is the first episode to come out since I launched the show's Patreon page, patreon.com slash meetourmakers. You can go there and pledge and you will get exclusive content such as from this chat with Avi Tear. I posted a Q&A where patrons could ask questions that I may or may not include in the talk and I did get one and it's in the talk and if you don't pledge you won't hear it and if you don't pledge and you can't ask one so please consider going to pledge I will come up with more benefits as we get more people patreon.com slash meet our makers thank you for listening thank you for pledging if you so choose to this is me meeting Avitaire for yeah. yeah i appreciate it uh all right so we should say right off the top uh the main reason besides generally being a fan of your work that i invited you here today was that you have a new record coming out uh very soon yes that is called sevens which is out on february 17th uh via domino um is that i'm gonna take a guess i'm probably gonna be wrong is that your fifth solo record? Ooh, that is a good question.
1: <laughs> uh, I believe it's um, the fourth. Okay, and then I have um, a record that, in terms of full lengths, um, and then I have a record that's Slasher Flicks, or with Avi Tear Slasher Flicks, which is oh, right. another side project. So right, it's not... right,
0: yeah. And you've had a you've had a couple little um, side things here and there outside of the uh, we should say outside of the main gig of Animal uh, yeah. Collective, but this is, I guess, then your fourth proper, just tear solo record. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's coming out February seventeenth. Um,
1: how are you feeling as we sort of approach that date?
0: I'm feeling good.
1: Uh, usually uh, and typically, pretty anxious at this point, just to just to get it out out there. Um, for this one, it's 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 a little it's a little bit more anticipated for me, just because I've had it around for so long. I um, recorded it in 2021 and um just because of all lots of the delays that are happening all around the music industry these days vinyl production and mm. and all the stuff that um uh, labels uh, the label that i work with and the animal collective works with domino uh just likes to coordinate so many things and there's so many scheduling things so yeah it was just a minute to be able to actually release it with them but uh Yeah, I mean, otherwise, I'm feeling really good, you know, I, uh, it's been nice to just kind of do some extracurricular uh, art projects around, around the the record, just kind of, you know, making things, making visual things, um, which I'm trying to give myself time to do these days amongst studio work and, and uh, preparing for, for playing live.
0: Yeah, so you had a record last year with animal collective and now this year with your own stuff i mean this is pretty i feel like this is a relatively busy time for you
1: yeah um i mean uh 2020 happened and um it was sort of um no pun intended but a reset for uh uh no no a conscious reference of noah's record there <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> for for you know for for a lot you know for everybody basically in a lot of different ways but um for animal collective just because that we had sort of reached a point that year too where we had all this stuff kind of ready to record ready to release um and i had just released um um my last solo record cows an last pond um and Noah had just released a solo record, and we had done various um, animal collective projects over the last few years. But it sort of felt like the 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 vault was empty, and that we were and we had gone through this sort of situation around 2019 with you know with us. It sort of becomes this complicated thing about how to release all the music that we tend to make sometimes just because we don't want everything kind of coming out at the same time and. Yeah, and just crowding the 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 uh, the attention that uh, that every record should get. So um, twenty twenty, yeah, we kind of found ourselves in this place. So I was like, okay, we can finally kind of organize everything now, and you know, it it feels like we don't have this kind of backlog of of stuff to put out. And then just because of not being able to actually record anything, and you know, have to, having to be um, quarantined and isolated, that just created this new kind of buildup of all the stuff that yeah, we just started working on individually and together around that time. And uh, for me, um, I, I, you know, was the this record just started because of um just really feeling isolated and like I wasn't connecting with anybody musically, which had become such an important part of my life, you know yearly with the Animal Collective mostly. Um and so I just needed to get into the studio with my friend Adam McDaniel here at Drop of Sun Studios. And yeah, we just sort of started kind of um from yeah, from basic sketches and and yeah, just started started making this one. And it's just collected to the uh (laughs) to the amount of music that we that I have, you know, coming out, I guess. So is it just you and Adam on this record? Yeah, and Adam's uh, mostly just additional uh, production. Okay. Um, he doesn't really play any um, instruments on it. He's uh, more of a collector of sounds, as it as it were, as it goes, and uh, you know, just production ideas like mm-hmm. here and there.
0: So you mentioned, uh, you know, I said it was a busy time for you, but I mean, it feels like all the people of Animal Collective are constantly <laughs> busy. Uh, you know you made the, the the joke about uh the Noah's last record reset and then i believe yeah he had one not too long before that um you had released in 2019 do you guys as a as a group as the animal collective crew do you guys try like consciously try to give space to everyone's independent stuff too so that it has
1: a moment definitely definitely yeah. i mean it, 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 i guess around noah starting to um do solo stuff um it just seemed to start kick off like a natural flow for us yeah um where it seemed like the you know the break from being together and being in this in in the unit called animal collective or whatever just you know uh, seemed it, it seemed like it was time it would it always seemed natural that the, the time would come that uh yeah it would be time to take a break um and so that's just sort of kicked off this flow of, of you know, then me being kind of like, oh, well, if we're going to be taking a break here, I guess, you know, I'll do some solo stuff. I mean, for me, it just started with actually having something that I went down there, my, you know, my first uh, solo record proper mm-hmm. uh, just sort of started accumulating in my mind and my head when we were on tour um, during the Meriwether post pavilion days. And yeah, so that was more the incentive for me just actually having songs and a record that i felt strong enough about um to do a solo record in the first place because um, I, I up until then i thrived a lot of, um from collaborating with people uh, and that's sort of what i would do on the side uh, um outside of playing with you know the the other guys in animal collective mm-hmm. um but then you know just having a lot of time um, off to myself around that time or the time for myself when I was off at that time, I uh, just started working on, you know, my own thing. And so I just started getting into that groove too, where it was like, all right, I guess, you know, animal collective sort of done its touring, uh, cycle and its album cycle. It's, uh, you know, time to work on it. And, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good flow for a while. And then like I was saying, yeah, I guess we reached a point where everything just started getting, um, backed up again, you know, and, uh, yeah, then you just have to find a new way of, uh, I feel like that's good that things like that happen. Cause it just forces you to find a new way of, of doing things and going about things. And, uh, you know, you become more productive sometimes that way and less, I don't know, just, yeah, things flow a little bit better.
0: Yeah. So, Let's talk a bit about Sevens. So this record, yeah, it follows your last record. It's been a few years uh, since your last solo record. So if you had to sort of summarize, for lack of better words, uh, this record, wh- like, what are you hoping we sort of glean from it? Like, what would you say, for again, for lack of better words, what would you say it's about? Like, what what motivated you for this record?
1: Uh well... I guess, like I kind of said, um, the real motivation for wanting to put together a collection of songs like or this particular collection of songs and record them was to just get into a studio mm. and um, create something, you know uh, I was feeling a bit idle and just stagnant artistically um, musically uh, And you know I have a I have a home studio and that's where um, Animal Collective, recorded our last record or i recorded my parts basically for the last animal collective record time Gifts. um but you know after a while for me um just being in the same place it, I, the the inspiration starts to starts to fade you know and that and the and the, the creative energy that i start to to have and feel like putting into making stuff you know starts to dwindle a little and you know I, I guess i i get what you call writer's block or you know i mean have have trouble and i just mixing up the space and and you know that's why i thrive on collaborating with people because uh it keeps the juices flowing you know um <clears throat> pretty simply um and adam um is somebody that i've worked with before he mixed um cows on hourglass pond my last record and uh just done various things with him had to mix a bunch of stuff and never done a a full record all the way through until this one with him so it it also seemed like a good a good chance to do that and you know we both had a lot of open time to do it um so yeah that's that's that was basically and then i and then secondly i just had the songs you know i would just have a lot of time at home um started just you know, trying to write in, in different places, different rooms in my house and, and and not just my studio, my studio room is in my house. It's not like a, you know, crazy big studio or anything. It's a little small room that's attached to my garage. Um, so yeah, I just started writing and writing on acoustic guitar a lot. And, um, I was also just, you know, messing around with, with keyboards and synths and sequencers in my studio, uh, just you know pretty pretty daily and came up with these songs and didn't didn't come up with a lot of the structures or a lot of what went into them till you know actually going into the studio uh day to day and would have like a basic skeleton like the you know like the the, the chords the acoustic guitar chords or yeah. um there yeah. there are a couple songs i wrote on piano but then when i would go into the studio each day it was nice to just start having these kind of like tasks to do each day and just decide at the beginning of the day okay today I'll try and do this keyboard part or a keyboard part like this or you know maybe spend the night before like writing something or writing a part that I wanted to do and then go in there the next day and kind of try and execute like a few things because we never really worked that long during the day and I kind of liked that about the process too it was kind of just sort of like know because we both had other things going on it was kind of like well let's work three hours on tuesday and then you know maybe we'll work three hours on thursday and then that'll be that for a while and it was just to see at first if if, you know we actually had something or i had something worth recording (laughs) and that would go somewhere and that was just excuse me fun for us to work on together and and then it just started being a good flow and you know we were working well together um so yeah it just started to be the kind of thing where we'd be like i wish we had more time you know or yeah this i wish we were doing more days this week and then yeah just sort of went like that until eventually you know like a no it was kind of like a no pressure situation i mean like a lot of records that i'm accustomed to doing you know it's like you're given a set amount of time you know or we are given a set amount of time a lot, You know, f- for a lot of different reasons, because of money or because of schedules and all the stuff that goes into, you know, living and life. And um, this is the first record I made in a while that was kind of just sort of like, well, I don't really have a schedule here. I don't have a timeline. Um, I don't even know really what I'm like reaching towards. I'm just kind of like seeing how this one comes together and, you know, right. it's showing something as much as I'm sort of guiding it. You know, I'm also being guided in a way
0: yeah i mean did you find it sounds like you might have found some kind of almost freedom in that like breaking it down into that sort of regimentation of you know this today and then this tomorrow and sort of feeling it piece by piece as opposed to maybe conceptualizing an entire project all at once yeah and i
1: think um more more so especially in the last few the last you know year few years or um so Putting limitations on myself and and mm-hmm. all of Animal Collective, just uh, uh, in terms of yeah, simple things like that. How much I should do in a day, or and it's it's really changed my work ethic a lot, and just the you know also the pressure I, I sometimes let myself feel to like get things done and do a lot, and maybe like do too much, you know. So it was it was definitely about like cutting back in that sense. Do you
0: typically feel like less pressure, or lower stakes when you're working on solo stuff than you do with
1: the Animal Collective stuff? Uh, a little bit, just because the process is often where I just sort of, yeah, start building slowly, building mm-hmm. piece by piece. I'm not always certain Um where it's going or or even if there will be a record, you know, I think this right. um, my second solo record, is another good example where I just started collecting all these acoustic songs and started conceptualizing, yeah, like, oh, you know, it'd be really cool if I could, you know, do this kind of collage style acoustic record. Um but but didn't really know for a while if it would ever be a record or anything until I you know reached a point where I was like I you know just kind of have to do something you know I have to make a record you know it just kind of I reach a point where it just kind of has to happen after a while if I've collected enough stuff I'm like all right this this is this will be a good record and 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 this one it, it took a, a little bit for me to 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 be like all right these songs all can be can be a record you know mm-hmm. or like I had the songs you know it just they just sort of started popping up like here and there it wasn't like i was like working you know this is the first time where uh yeah i wasn't really working consciously on like writing all these songs for a cohesive record you know it just kind of happened over time
0: and you mentioned sort of some of the inceptions of of a few of these songs were sort of just you on guitar or piano which you can kind of hear in the record you know there is more acoustic guitar than maybe we would expect from an animal collective thing um there is some pretty Uh, forthright piano is that a is that a different process for you than it would be if you were writing a song consciously for an animal collective record um well off yeah i mean often with
1: animal collective records we kind of decide what the palette is going to be before we go into it and that becomes sort of like the challenge for us i guess to okay often individually um we kind of make the decision um because of interests musically that we have and just sort of like i guess a great example would be brian getting into the (laughs) hurdy-gurdy you know what i mean like some you know some some time before we actually started working on time skips and just actually it being a challenge for him to incorporate it musically into our into our sound palette um yeah and and um yeah, for me it was the same thing with that with that record. Um, time skips to to do the to do that with bass. So yeah, it's it's often happened with that with, like that with Animal Collective records. And uh, yeah, for this one, you know, I mean, I I write on an acoustic guitar and piano a lot just because it's very easy for me, you know. And there there are two instruments I have around. I have a piano in my studio room, and mm-hmm. um, you know, you can easily take an acoustic guitar pretty much everywhere. Um, I tend to from kind of, you know, year to year or whatever, era to era of my songwriting kind of, you know, hesitate sometimes to to lean towards that or, you know, lean towards acoustic guitar. Like these days, for example, I'm, you know, I'm trying to not write stuff on those instruments at all just because it's, you know, like animal like we always say kind of um, we're, we're always trying to change it up you know, and just and and get different sounds and get different style of songs. And I think often with the acoustic guitar or with the piano, you know, at this point, I run the risk for myself of just writing songs that I feel like are too similar to other songs mm-hmm. that I've written, maybe. So, yeah, there, there's a hesitation for that for me. Um but then there are other times in the, the case of Sevens is, you know, or the songs that ended up on Sevens, I can be, you know, fine and just feel like, oh, I'm, I, I feel like I'm doing something kind of unique here for myself, you know, with this instrument or like exploring new territory. Um, and, uh, I think, um, for Sevens, for me, it's, it's, it's sort of like, Collecting a group of songs to sort of end an era uh, of my life, I think, or of my creativity, uh, of a style. I feel like I think I'm. I'm leaning more towards a tendency towards like uh, a more abstraction, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, just in writing, and 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 really wanting to things to break apart a little bit more, um, and so I see Sevens as kind of this monument of of maybe, you know, a style that kind of came before for me, but also I feel like I have a foot in the future. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm definitely dabbling around with new things and new sounds.
0: Yeah, and I, I actually feel like that comes through on Sevens because I was listening to it um, just about an hour ago. I was listening to it for the first time. Um, and it at first i was like oh wow this is kind of like his sort of poppiest for lack for lack of better terms is like most front facing forward you know pretty much bald on its face thing and then very quickly it turns into something else um yeah yeah which kind leads of a... in... what were you gonna okay, say go ahead
1: well yeah i mean it's the the it's kind of a light dark record to me or something like that yeah for, for lack of a better thing uh i mean that's very very vague but uh yeah. yeah, but the first
0: two songs you start with uh, are pretty, you know, pretty upbeat, kind of pretty. Like there's nothing too, too abstract, and then you kind of drop us off into the into uh, the nether realm. So that that mention of abstraction is sort of a good segue. I wanted to take just a minute and unpack uh, what the song that I was kind of only on one listen, but the song I was kind of flocking towards most was "Hey Bog." Um, which is i think the most abstract on the record. I don't well, I don't know if that's true. Um but it felt like it I for a while because,
1: anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean i think because it has um some longer abstract moments maybe.
0: Yeah, like it begins with a pretty long sort of ambient passage. Um mm-hmm. you know it's a good few minutes long sound a lot of sound play. It kind of reminded me of some of the sort of more sound based experiments that that you guys Did in like the 2000s or maybe some of your visual album work um Mm -hmm. and then you kind of come at it with more of a song towards the second half um so I'm curious though sort of what you what is that song sort of speaking to and then moreover how do you end up feeling out a song like that because I would imagine you have other moments in the studio or in writing that are sort of elongated or have these passages that you end up sort of excising so then how do you feel out a song like Hey Bog" and you kind of let it just sort of breathe and be its own thing?
1: Well, I think what helped that with Hey Bog" for me is that I wrote it um, to play live originally. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of it's the only song on sevens that I kind of wrote um, free pandemic, I guess is the best way of putting it. Um, uh, I wrote it in, I think, for shows in 2018, but maybe it was 2019, um, show, like solo shows I was doing. Um, yeah, it was 2019, um, just for a few um, solo shows that I did. And it kind of was in the same tuning um, uh, as the some of the cow songs that I was playing. And I, I remember just kind of like falling into it when I was jamming around with other songs. Um, and and yeah and since it kind of started that way and since <laughs> yeah i mean you you know you, you bringing up kind of the older sort of sound passages of animal collective i mean a lot of that came from us playing around live too and i think that kind of was just in my head going into the studio just thinking like well i, I want the song to feel still like it's this 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 beast like this thing that would happen in the middle of a live set you know and sort of grow out of jamming from the song before and then you know uh i like traveling i like music that travels uh i like music that will place you deeply in one environment and then take you somewhere completely else uh in the course of five minutes, um, for me, it can be longer a lot of the time. (laughs) Uh, uh, but you know, it's, you know, the length of a song, you know, numbers wise, you know, sometimes matters very little. It's like feeling it out, you know, sometimes a very short song can seem far too long and vice versa. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like, so it was really just a matter of, of feeling it out and and feeling. I just had, you know, went in with Adam, it was just kind of like, I want to, i want to start start it off just with like a longer slower build to the actual song you know because i, I kind of want to ease into it like i would uh, in a lot of situation
0: yeah and, and i mean animal collective you mentioned you guys used to uh sort of road test a lot of songs before you went into the studio i feel like you guys still do that because i kind of remember or maybe not every time but i, I kind of remember was it your last Coachella set? You guys previewed a lot of the timeskip stuff. Those are days. I think it was okay. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, um, that's that is like a thing that that I feel like you guys are yeah, sort of known sure. for is sort of testing out stuff yeah. and then feeling it out for the record. Yeah, there have only been uh,
1: yeah a few cases where. Yeah, we have not, and I mean, I yeah, I mean, like I've been saying, it's for me, my my solo stuff usually just you know comes out of the air all of a sudden you know and just starts forming and so I yeah I, I'm not on a tour I'm not doing tours that often enough where it can I can be writing stuff for a tour It just kind of so you know my stuff is often played or yeah on tour after it's recorded so yeah and then that, in that sense it can change then and some of this stuff might change a little for for what I'm trying to play it live but yeah for for Hey it was just, I guess, since it was one of the one of the few songs that I've actually played live um, and wanted to record. Uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to hold on to that and make it feel kind of like this live incarnation.
0: Yeah, which means you also have uh, you've already had a vision of how to play that one live. I mean, do you do you consider that when you record songs that weren't tested live? Like, how am I going to recreate this? No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it can, it's caused some problems for sure. Um, and, you know, the ones that are the toughest, too, are usually the ones that just yeah, don't get played live. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, <those> are... <laughs> and it's an easy way of cutting songs out.
0: I mean, we should say sevens is, despite being a pretty decent length, it is only seven songs. So I would imagine <laughs> that you'll have a few in your back pocket to whip out to replace those
1: yeah for sure
0: yeah um so i do want to get a bit into animal collective for a moment um so you did put out time skiffs which is oh geez i'm looking at my notes and i feel like i'm wrong maybe the 10th or 11th animal collective album i think i'm wrong uh, um something no okay it's 11th it's 11th it's 11 albums i mean that's pretty good <laughs> yes I mean does that like is that something that you sort of that you or all of you sort of are con like pu- like consciously conscious of like the fact that you've been going at it for over 20 years you're 11 albums deep like does that actually do you feel that when you're doing stuff
1: I feel, uh in some ways it's only just started to feel like it's been a long time and it's mm-hmm. a lot of records you know I feel like. For so long, it was um, kind of just this wave that was that was just going and going and going, and and you know we were just a part of the wave, and uh, you know you don't really uh, we I didn't really think much about you know accumulating records or you know looking back a lot. It was just always kind of like what's next, you know, and yeah. Um, then some, then you know. Because, like because of some of the stuff we were talking about earlier you know stuff has gotten more spaced out you know and there's been more um pauses in between making records and tours and that's just allowed for more you know space for more uh contemplation and uh looking back and and and, and thinking about where we are and yeah and it it uh it, it feels now it feels like yeah we've been around for a while and i think also just you know constantly you know or not constantly but you know talking to a lot of younger people who are you know just getting into the band you know and and uh it's just like a whole different generation of of people getting into the band and that just yeah that's another yeah
0: it's always yeah it kind of reminds me of like people from like television shows from the 90s and how they're they talk about how people who are weren't even born yet are getting into the show now and it's like once you've been releasing albums for 22 years I mean that's bound to happen which is must be kind of surreal in a way
1: yeah yeah and it's it's just surreal to to draw comparisons to other music uh, that I listen to and and you know when I think about when I was when I was 16 and Uh, you know I really or 17 you know I really liked say Echo and the Bunnymen and kind of at that time you know 94 95 their heyday had been like 10 years prior Mm -hmm. Um, and to me they seemed like an old band then you know like 10 years after you know so I can only imagine you know what somebody getting into Animal Collective now thinks (laughs) of you know. A twenty-plus year old band, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but you do, as you said before, you guys do try to go in a new direction every album or two. So I, 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 I assume that sort of helps keep the momentum going a bit. But I mean, you, you also yeah. mentioned, you also mentioned there were fewer spaces between your music. I'm looking at the list now. You guys put out seven records in seven years.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, the odds were, yeah, pretty fruitful. <laughs>
0: I mean, I that's pretty, that would... that's a, that's a lot. And I mean, we still talk about some of these records like music journalists still talk about song tongs and feels and strawberry jam. And that's before Meriwether Post Pavilion even happened. So, yeah, I mean, I would hesitate to say you guys are like a legacy act because you're you're still doing new things. But I would imagine maybe after 20 years that does start to be noticeable to you guys.
1: Yeah, for sure, and and it's definitely those those records that people bring up mm-hmm. most of the time when they bring up Animal Collective, you know, Sung Tongs and Fields, Strawberry Jam, Merriweather, you know. Um, but I also think that um, we just feel fortunate. I feel like that that we're you know we're able to maintain um, a thriving fan base. I guess is, mm-hmm. is that that's you know. That's what really keeps us going and that there are people because of that fan base, they're you know, they're there are new people that get into us, you know, that just wanna know what's up, you know, and uh are, are getting into the newer records. And uh yeah, I think that's that's just sort of like what keeps us going, you know. And I feel like a lot of people definitely uh attach themselves to those older to those older ones and, and that's cool, you know, well, we're 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 proud of all of it, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't think you guys are the type who have, like, disowned your past work.
1: No, 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 definitely not.
0: (laughs) So have you noticed anything, though, like being in the band, say, now or last year when you guys were putting out Times Gifts versus those early days that seems markedly different or even remarkably similar? Like, have you noticed these shifts over time?
1: Um... I mean, uh, I I I feel a lot less pressure, maybe to, uh, maybe pressure is not the right word, and I just can't think of something uh a better you know it's because it's it's a feeling you know it's it's something in me um I feel yeah I just feel but pressure is the the only way I can think of putting it but less pressure to to maybe do certain things around certain records I feel like there's as i used to maybe i feel like there's not as much at stake you know um Mm -hmm. uh i i feel like it's easy for bands to get into in the in the music industry to just get into this flow of like kind of like building and building and building and like you know you're you're part of this machine and like there's all these different sides to it there's the live side and going on tour and Putting your record out and record sales. And so there's a lot of people around that have a lot of ideas of how to, you know, enhance your situation and and make it grow. And um, oh, yeah. you know, it's it's easy to fall into a pattern of of listening to that advice, you know, and and it's not something we've ever really done creatively. I feel like we've always kind of taken the reins in terms of how, how we create and what we create and what we put out there, but you know there's definitely a lot of sides of the industry that we've kind of take the advice of other people a lot of people lead the way and it's yeah it's easy to get into patterns where that just becomes the norm you know what i mean or you think that like every record like you have to do that for every record or like music videos for example yeah. you know what i mean it's like every band puts out a music video for their for their uh for their record but sometimes it's kind of like well. I don't know, maybe I just don't have the greatest idea for a music video, you know what I mean? <laughs> and sort of, you know, why does it always have to be that way? So I feel like, especially more nowadays, um, it's not that like things, uh, you know, feel different, like I want to do something different than we used to do or not. It's just sort of like, yeah, we're, uh, things have always kind of changed for us. And I think this this definitely feels like, some sort of new place that we're in that's that feels very very different i think than before um but it also has to do a lot with um looking back to and and just kind of remembering um what our roots are and and kind of maintaining sort of a lot of similar uh positions and attitudes that we that we did back then now
0: yeah so Do you were you guys like did you ever notice or feel the shift that like fans noticed when Merriweather came out? Because that was sort of this flagship record for a while. Um, you know, it it was like almost top 10 on the billboard charts, which people who had been following you since like Spirit They've Gone were probably like flabbergasted by. Um because it was quite a different record than your earliest stuff. But I mean, did you, you guys went from being sort of this? underground the sort of beloved underground group to this sort of higher on the marquee name i mean you guys were headlining shows you were at the top of a festival charts i mean that was around that time did it seem strange at the time that there was like this weird like breakthrough happening
1: um it uh, on the one hand it felt sort of just in line with with where things had been going, um, mm-hmm. uh, it was, you know, everything, every, every step, step with every record was kind of incremental. And I think it ha- it all happened at such a slow pace for us. It, you yeah. know, it would have been much different if it would have been our second record, you know what I mean? Right. Our, our third record. But I feel like with each record post, um, uh, arc, uh, it, it felt like more and more people were starting to come out and see us. So, it, it and and I felt like Meriwether Post Pavilion, yeah, the difference in the amount of people coming out and immediately just sort of like, I guess, selling out like almost every show on tour and that kind of thing definitely felt different, but it, it did, didn't really feel like a huge jump from where we had been with Strawberry Jam. I guess also just because we kind of never stopped. You know what I mean? We never yeah. like had a chance to to take a break and have downtime and be like, wow, we're, you know, you know, we're kind of after this last one, we got really, really big or whatever. It was just kind of <laughs> like, we're still going, we're just, we're out there. You know what I mean? We're touring again next year. We're going to play these venues. It I, it felt like we definitely hit venues on the Meriwether tour that I feel like have remained kind of like the venues that we've, we've played, you know, since, um, so maybe in that sense, like it, 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 you know, a lot of things feel like they haven't changed since then. Um, but, you know, it was also sort of like, I don't know, it didn't feel like this huge, huge step up. I guess what did feel kind of different was that it was kind of just happening everywhere that we yeah. went, you know what I mean, especially in the U.S., you know, it was like we could count on selling out Tucson and we could count on selling out New York city. You know what I mean? And on certain tours before that, that wouldn't be the case. You know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys tour a lot. You always have, I mean, you're kind of like a touring group. I think you guys, hopefully, hopefully you enjoy touring. So yeah, I would, I would imagine that doesn't, that didn't phase you guys there, but so maybe it did just kind of feel like a culmination of sorts. Yeah. In a way
1: it, 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 it just felt like you know putting in a lot of work here and there, putting in a lot more work and a lot of work, and yeah, just kind of the amount of work we put into it all like paid paid off, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, I have a few random questions now. <laughs> not, I have no good segue into these. Um, so you you mentioned Strawberry Jam and how that kind of felt like it, like the Merryweather time didn't feel like markedly different from the strawberry jam time cuz it kind of all built up but i do want to point out uh i think strawberry jam era was the first time you guys were invited to play late night um late night tv and oh, i remember okay, specific yeah. i remember specifically like staying i forget which show it was it might have been like Conan i don't know but i remember staying up to watch it and you guys chose to play number 1
1: mm-hmm.
0: i just <laughs> I guess my question is why did you choose to play number one? Cause I feel like that's quite a, I feel like it's quite a choice to play number one when you could have, um, played well, when you could have played like, I don't know what, like unsolved mysteries or something.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> unsolved mysteries, maybe not even, I mean, there, there's, well, um, there, there's a time limit, first of all, for, sure, for okay. all these shows. Um, so I think that was our first boundary there, and and you'd be you know back in the day we were just so oblivious and ignorant <laughs> to how things worked in that world, and you know we never yeah we never thought we'd be a sing a band with a single, you know what I mean? And right, and it wasn't really it's never been a goal for us either. We just we like writing songs, we like pop music, but it's just kind of this element of of what we do. It's not like we, you know, have this song when we're in the studio and we're like, yeah, this is going to be the one that's on the record that, you know what I mean? is going to blow up or whatever. It's just sort of like another song that's like a piece of the puzzle or another another melody. And, you know, we kind of also all love improvised music and free jazz and kind of, we're coming up around the time of bands like No Neck Blues Band and, uh, in new york and black dice and like all this mm-hmm. improvised stuff you know or stuff with improvisation you know um gang gang dance <clears> and Joe, <throat> it, you know it, it wasn't yeah it wasn't that weird to us to just want to go on tv and 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 do what we do you know what i mean because that was part of what we do and making the decision to play number one was kind of just in line with that it's just sort of like this is the experience that we want to create in this situation it doesn't have anything to do with playing what our most popular song was which we couldn't play anyway it was peace bone i think that they were all everybody was kind of like counting on us doing and and all this weird stuff actually happened backstage where they have tv monitors in the backstage rooms and and you can kind of see their dress rehearsals and stuff. And we saw Conan like radioing with people. And like, we kind of thought that they were talking about us and sounding like a little disappointed <laughs> because we decided not to play the single yeah. that was, uh, that was on our record. But the whole concept of single and everything like that was just so foreign to us. It, it We, it really like blew our minds that like people actually cared like right. that we'd not, that we didn't play that song like it was actually going to cause trouble because to us it was just kind of like we're just getting up there and playing music and expressing ourselves and doing what animal collective does but yeah it was but again like another big problem for us was peace Bone was too long and because it was um there was parts of it like a, there was a loop that was kind of like pre programmed it couldn't be shortened like you know we didn't really use the kind of gear back then that we used mini disc players and and you know pretty low grade low grade stuff for that kind of thing um to to you know to, to just do an edit or something right before we had to play and we weren't into edits either really like we've rarely done radio edits yeah. Um. So that was kind of a problem for us too, like having to edit our song, which we kind of you know has been problems at other times too. Just like in terms of radio edits and things like that. Um. I feel like we've never really feel like we 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 caused a problem like we did that day, but it all worked out. <laughs> and the, the 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 tech people there at the at the show, I feel like were psyched because they decided <laughs> to bring in dry ice to enhance yeah. the
0: mood i remember the fire
1: like, like very you know it was a unique experience for them um so i don't know in, in other ways it turned turned into a cool thing and i feel like it's created this like lore now you know in animal collective world and animal collective fan world with like the the closed caption kind of stuff saying woman singing like under noah singing and like, oh. demon voice and stuff like that you can see i don't know it's just like i didn't know that i didn't art. know that
0: part <laughs> yeah. that's from funny. uh so,
1: yeah
0: uh what was it like working on your first ep with vashti bunyan
1: it was amazing um like also, that's a, that's amazing it was i mean dreamies is a you know kind of cliched way to put any anything but it was very dreamy um mostly because it just happened so fast you know and we were in the middle of a tour um and we were touring for sung tongs but we were playing as a three-piece in europe and josh was on the road with us um, and brian couldn't make it um that tour because i think he was working on capitol hill back in that back in those days and couldn't get away from his job (laughs) <laughs> um the short period that that we had to deal with that um um so yeah we were able josh and noah and i and rusty santos was doing sound for us he's recorded uh sung tongues and a number of things and uh, for us and noah um and he was doing sound for us for a brief time period back then on this european tour um so yeah just we happen to have these days off or work days off into the end of our our tour or or somewhere around the middle of the tour i can't really remember um and we went into the studio for like two days i think or three days or maybe it was even just one day uh <laughs> I, I i can't remember uh very well it was one or two days i think um and just we had the songs um they were leftover Sung tom songs um or you know you know we usually go into the studio with a with far too many songs for record and then have to cut it down. And so we had these songs left over and they just seemed to work for Vashti's voice. And well, we had met her through Kieran Hebden mm-hmm. a few a few months before and just sort of kept in touch. And uh, I was just was a huge fan of Just Another Diamond Day when the reissue came out and still a huge fan of that record. And and just, yeah, could not be more happy that I had that experience, you know. and.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty rare experience.
1: Yeah, it was, shit. and it turned out well too, which, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it did, and I mean, I feel like I should throw in for those of people who are maybe less familiar. Obviously, Diamond Day is sort of a classic folk gem, but her—I mean, her third record, Heart Leap—is gorgeous. It's just yeah, it's so pretty. I, I like it's just so pretty. Yeah. Um, so I have one question from the uh, the Beats Per Minute crew. Uh, I ask yeah. before I interview people, I usually throw in the, into our chat like, hey, anyone dying to know anything? Um, you're under no obligation to answer them, but I want to ask. So I got one okay. question from Ray Finlayson who said, ask him, I'm reading this, ask him about Polher Rabbi and whether he regrets reversing it. Oh, man. You don't need to answer
1: that. Oh No, no, it's fine. It's fine.
0: Um... Let me say for the record, by the way, we both have a soft spot for bull hair Rabbi. I must say
1: uh you have a soft spot for the forward version or the reverse version
0: either one I think there's something alluring (laughs) about it
1: (laughs) um I mean it's just another case where I did not really think that was going to upset as many people as it seemed to. you know what I mean and in that sense like you know I'm just not the type of person that really fares well with upsetting people and upsetting a lot of people so, <laughs> you know that side of me um uh the empathetic side uh which you know kind of was like oh, maybe maybe that wasn't such a good idea but then you know my creative side the side that you know isn't like a strong side of my personality but my artistic side or whatever like in you know, it feels that nah, I want to, that's what I did. And, and, you know, I feel good about it. I think it sounds good. You know, I thought it sounded cool then. Um, And, you know, with music technology, it's so easy to reverse, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I definitely think about putting out um, a version of the, the, you know, the original uh, songs that we recorded, but uh, I also haven't listened to it in so long. It, it's, it's, you know, it's just, at this point, it's just a matter of like, time and you know well, is that a project I, I want to devote time to now or you know it might happen you know you never know
0: yeah well we'll keep our eyes out for that <laughs> yeah. all right well to restate the main mission here sevens new record coming out february 17th on domino uh what do what do we make of that title by the way sevens it's just sevens
1: no, that's that's what, what what you're asking. What I yeah mean. yeah yeah. I mean, there's seven songs on the record. That's kind of where it started, and then you know, seven's just a number that comes up a lot for me. Um, Fair enough. And started. I I just sort of build a world around a record, and and this one started being built around seven, and you know, I I, I will still be. I am. Um, I'm 43 now and I will still be 43 when it comes out. I, I thought it would come out last year, but I would have been 43 and four and three or seven. Um, yeah. There are a lot of things like that around it. Um, cool. So it's just well, how the number seven flourishes and let it flourish. <laughs> yeah. Let it flourish. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, it comes out February 17th. Everyone, please take a listen. Thank you, Dave Avitaire partner for your time i really appreciate you taking an hour of your day to to speak with me today
1: thanks for having me on